What's up, good people all across the world? This is the Dripping in Black podcast. I am your host, David V. Lewis. Per usual, we have another fantastic guest, and we'll get into a lot of topics. Um, to get today's guest is Quan Nellums. Quan, say hello to the world. Hello, world. This is Quan Nellums. Glad to be um, on the podcast, David. Thanks for the invite. All right, so Quan, we're going to get into quite a few topics, but uh, I like to begin with um, you're an educator. Mm-hmm. Uh, you got to start in education. Tell the world how that start came about. Man, so um, you know, I never really um, thought about being an educator prior to um, uh, my freshman year in college. I had the opportunity to volunteer at a local uh, public middle school in Detroit in the Brightmore community. And so, um, man, I just saw, I mean, so when I came in, uh, I was allowed to be like a behavior interventionist. So what that simply meant was that the young men in school, um, the middle schoolers who were you know, getting in trouble, they would actually send them to me. And we had an opportunity to kind of talk about, you know, actions and make goals and really establish a relationship with the young men. Um, so that school serviced the, um, Smith Housing Project. And so I had an office at the school and I had an office uh, at a church um, that was right next to Smith Housing Project. So I saw the kids at home when they, you know, when they were coming home and I saw them at at the school as well. Um, That church where my office was at, I mean, they had a phenomenal relationship with the school. They adopted the school. And so, um, you know, they had, uh, I mean, the, the relationship was so complete that when the principal was absent, the youth pastor at the church at times would become an, like, you know, acting principal and things like that. So wow. with that being said, man, they provided so much uh, for the school, this church, the school, the community, parents, I mean, they, they worked together and uh, it just blessed me to be able to see um, just would, uh, you know, as an eight year, I'm looking at this and like, man, this is something I've never experienced in the schools to see how all these interworking parts, uh, work together for, um, the success of students. And so, um, just being able to see that, um, again, not only at school, but in the community as well, you know, I, um, I, uh, the, the youth pastor asked me, have I ever thought about being an educator? And I was like, yo, I never thought about it, but because of what I'm experiencing, I know that, you know, what I thought education was or what I thought being an educator was, is something totally different, um, than what I'm seeing right now. And so, um, based on what I saw, the relationship, the, the uh, I ended up starting a, um, after school mentoring program, uh, for those same students that I was um, working with during the day. And so middle school boys, uh, we met at the school. And then during the summer, you know, I ran programs out of, you know, out of the church for the Smith Housing Project, those same boys. And so being able to see them in all those different, you know, you know, aspects, you know, made that mentorship, um, you know, program that I was, you know, just trying to do at the school. It made it more complete. And, um, you know, I was, you know, I was thoroughly uh, invested in it. Um, I switched my major to education. Um, The the guy who I um, did the 
the mentorship program out of his classroom, you know, he ended up becoming my mentor teacher. So when I you know, went through this college education and it was time for student teaching, I was able to do my student teaching at VTOL with the same guy, uh, Mr. Brownlee. Um, he, you know, he taught me the ropes as a black man, you know, in the classroom, much respect in the school. I mean, mm. he did, I mean, above beyond what he, you know, his call was, you know, I mean, his job was, and, um, you know, got a chance to see how a man interacts as an educator and, you know, doing a phenomenal job. So I, I was able to see it. I was able to, to learn from him. And not only was he my um, mentor teacher, I mean, he became a friend and, you know, we've, that mentorship, that friendship um, has, you know, for my first years in teaching all the way up until now, um, you know, we still um, compare notes. He's still teaching me, he's teaching me things and, you know, and that mm-hmm. and that's something that definitely helped me to stay in the profession. But, you know, my road to education started off as a volunteer and just seeing mm-hmm. the impact that, um, that was being had, you know, in that school, you know, I wanted to, I wanted more of it, you know, and everything that I've done as a teacher since that time has been from that blueprint of what I experienced at Peter Vitor, um 20 years ago. So, wow. Yeah. Okay, cool. So I want to go back a little bit okay. because we have a podcast that's going across the globe. Okay. So give them a little background as to where we are on the map. All right, yo, we in Motown, yeah, so, Detroit, Detroit City. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? I was born and raised in Detroit, Michigan. Um, I came out of um, uh, Mumford High School, which is in Detroit, Michigan. If you ever watched Beverly Hills Cop, you know, Mumford High School <laughs> was the was the police uh, headquarters, in the, you know, in the school. And you would see that um, uh, Eddie Murphy had on the Mumford High School phys ed shirt in the, uh, yes, in the movie, you know, uh, ended up um, going to Wayne State University which is also in Detroit, graduated from Wayne State, uh, bachelor's and master's. And so, um, yep, this is where we are. Okay, cool. Thanks for that. No problem. And, and so is it safe to say um, that mentoring, you have a passion for uh, the role of mentoring yeah. in education? Yeah. Yeah. So you know, talk a little bit about that passion. Yeah. That, yeah, man. You know, so, you know, you know, speaking of being in Detroit, man, you know, D- Detroit, when, I, when people say Detroit raised, raised me, it's a shirt, popular shirt around that says Detroit raised me. I mean, it's the truth uh-huh. for me. Um, I'm the product of a program known as Project Adapt. And Project Adapt, um, I started when I was maybe 15 years old. And so it was mm-hmm. a program, it was a program that pretty much um, met three times a week after school. Um, and it serviced children from all around Detroit, from the east side. You know, we met out of the Norfolk Activity Center. So the kids from the east side would get on, get on a bus and come. A resident youth council, they would come to the west side. Um, you know, I, I stayed on the west side. So I would, you know, jump the gate <laughs> from Mumford to come over to the program and things like that. But what was interesting about that is that there was a group. I mean, you know how we have like in the, in the NBA, these uh, all-star teams, uh, where you have like all five starters are all stars in their in their own right, you know. So yeah. we had an all star group of adults who ran this program, and so um, you know they were they all still you know doing their things. Miss um, um, Rush, Mama Rush, she's she since passed away, but um, a lot of um, the other mentors are still you know still around. Uh, Mr. Bellinger, um, 
Um, so what ended up happening was that they poured so much into us. In fact, Miss Rush, she she had this um, terminology, she had this phrase, she said that, you know, the, the goal of, it's called Project Adapt. The goal of Project Adapt, Adapt stood for awareness, development, uh, achievement, and pride through teamwork. And so her, um, her phrase that she would say often was that we have to move from being ghetto to global. And we definitely were some ghetto kids, man. You know, we were, it wasn't an elite program, you know. We were some ghetto kids, man. And, um, you know, and what ended up happening that, first of all, the sacrifice that they, I mean, let me just tell you a little bit about it, man. We would meet three, three times a week, you know, Tuesday, Thursday, and Saturday. And you may ask yourself, these young ghetto kids, teenagers, coming to the Northwest Activity Center three times a week, what was the draw? And so the draw initially was that we went on we went on trips. I mean, they took us up out of Detroit often. And so by the time I was 17, I had been all over the, the Midwest, all over the South, all over the, uh, the East Coast. Um, we would do the Black College Tours. And um, mm-hmm. they paid us to go on these Black College Tours. And so with the money that they gave us, we, um, you know, we would stop at a black bookstore and and they would um, they would say, look, we gave you money to go on this trip. So we want you to spend a portion of that money to buy a book from this black owned bookstore. And that's how I started collecting books and make my own library and things like that. But um, everything they did was was so intentional on helping us to be globally minded. And so mm. what ended up happening, um, the draw for us then was you had to be able to, uh, in order to go on these trips, you had to be present a certain amount of times. So that was the initial yeah. draw. Like you wanted to go on these trips. And yeah. you know, not only were there trips you know, to the on the college tour, that was like the, the main one in April, but I mean, there were also little trips. We go to Black Man Think Tank in Cincinnati every year. Um, mm. We would go to uh, field trips uh, around the city as well, and so I mean, they took us. They gave us all kind of experiences, and some of the experiences that I didn't like. You know, we would go to operas and we would go to uh, dinner theater and stuff like that. But what they were doing, they were showing us different yeah. cultural aspects. And then, like with the dinner theater, it was like, you know, this is how you act when you're in this type of type of situation. So, you know, how do we? How do you eat? You know, how do you dress? How do you act? You know, and so you know, they were giving us all these cultural experiences just so that we would have a more uh, global mindset. And so to see a group of people, a group of mentors, I mean, do this. I mean, they had jobs in their own mm-hmm. right, you know, and they would meet after work. They, they did this after work, you know. And right. so um, so the draw was to go on these trips, but what, what made us stay was the love and the sacrifice that these adults showed us, man. I mean, they, I mean, just raise the money, just seeing them taking time out of there, you know, and then just um, the lessons we learned. I mean, they taught us so much about eating, about health, about, um, you know, money, about, uh, about black community, black history. I mean, we learned so much. It literally yeah. helped to change the trajectory of my own life. And so the reason why mentorship is so important to me is because I benefit, just from telling you that brief story, I benefited tremendously from mentorship. That's the first thing. And secondly, one of the things about ADAPT is that you knew when you were a part of it, everybody who went through that program in some type of way gives back to their community because because we were giving so much. I mean, I already knew, I mean, whether it was teaching or something, I, part of the reason I ended up volunteering at this school is because I knew that I had to give back, you know? Okay. And so, um, 
And so I, I understood that for me, you know, I had to give back because what was given to me through Project Adapt. Um, and education, I've always, uh, ever since I hit the ground, like with, with, the, with the mentorship program that I started at VTOL, uh, it was called Harambe. Um, I, I mimicked everything I learned in Project Adapt, like, I, you know, utilize the field trips, <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Uh, um, you know, I, I, the lessons we learned, things like that. Uh, you know, everything that, you know, again, I tried to mimic not only with these mentorship programs at school, but also in my um, own, you know, my own classroom, the things that I would try to do, I was like, you know, I got to do some of those same tenets that I learned from um, Project Adapt. So. Um, so for me, that's why mentorship is important because it changes the, not only the person that's doing the mentoring, but it also changes, um, the, the, the families of the children, the children themselves, you know, and, you know, and for me, before I got involved in Project Adapt, I was on the outside looking in, I'm like, you know, what they doing? I want, I want some of that. So that was, you know, so it, it also helps to, uh, attract other young people to, you know, to what's going on, something positive that's going on. And so for me, you know, it's something that every adult, I think, uh, it has to be a lifestyle for us because, um, you know, what I saw, it was a lifestyle for these people that that mentored me. You know, it was their lifestyle. It was something that they knew that, hey, they were going to sacrifice. They were going to mentor. They were going to show love to young people. And so I believe that it's every uh, adult's duty who's capable to uh, to be a part of the lives of uh, be a part of the lives of young people in a positive way. It may look different from, from individual to individual, but you know that has to be something that's that we're doing. You know, and it's on the front, forefront of our mind. Yeah. Wow. Well. Well. Thank you for that uh, trip down memory lane. Sure, indeed. Uh, you know, you said quite a bit there, so I want to address a little bit of some of what you said. Um, yeah. One of the things that um, I think is so valuable uh, for young people is exposure, you know? And I think a lot of times our kids are limited in their exposure, you know, and really one of the the core tenets for this podcast is to provide exposure to a different variety of what people deem to be black, you know, Mm -hmm. black has a wide variety of excellence that doesn't get broadcasted enough. So that was the purpose of the podcast. Um, but just talk uh, about the the impact of exposing kids to different things outside of their general environment and, and how important that is. Yeah, I mean, you know, as Ms. Russ said, moving from ghetto to global, man, it, it, it broadens your outlook on life. You know, if you if you never see something, you don't know that you can aspire to do it, you know. Um, yeah. So, for instance, um, you know, going to going to college, you know what I'm saying? Like. Being, I mean, as research shows that, you know, having someone that's in college already or, or being on a college campus, um, you know, as a young person, you know, it, 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 it um, broadens your horizons that you may aspire to, to do that. You know what I'm saying? Um, also, just that, expo- I mean, things don't, you know, I always with my own kids, I just say, you know, I don't want the first time you experience something. Um, to, to be in a situation where you don't know what to do. You know what I'm saying? So um, I want, um, you know, you want to, you want young people 
to be able to experience as much as possible and not even so it can be like, oh, I want to do that. Just be like, yo, I, I've done that. Or, you know, I know what that's about. You know, I'm not, you know, I'm not, um, I'm not ignorant to the, the ways of the world or the ways of this culture, the ways of that culture, you know? So, um, so yeah, I think that's, that's most important. It, it broadens your horizon and shows you that the world is bigger than your, uh, your, your, your community is bigger than your city, your block, you know, so I never, you know, for the longest, you know, living in Detroit, I thought that, you know, that black people were abundant in every city. You know what I'm saying? It wasn't until yeah. I, I uh, traveled out of the city, I'm, you know, I realized like, wow, you know, that's not, you know, Detroit is a special place because there's not yeah. like lots of black people everywhere are like, you know, like, so for instance, in Detroit, I had an opportunity to see, you know, black mayor, black uh, school board, school board, yeah. black uh, superintendent of schools, you know what I'm saying? And yeah. And I thought that was just normal, but that's not the case outside the city. And you never know, you know, you know, outside of seeing the the, the world, you appreciate what you have more when you see what goes on uh, globally as well. So it made me appreciate, you know, Detroit even more when I saw that, oh, Detroit is special because not every other city has, you know, what we have. So I think it goes two ways. It it get it brought when you when you are exposed. It makes you know what's out there, what you can aspire to do. But it also, you know, uh, seeing what goes on outside of your city makes you see the the nuances and, and what makes your, your city or your community or your hood or your family special. Yeah, excellent point. Yeah. Man, excellent point. You know, so that exposure has a dual effect because yeah. you're exposing them to things that maybe they couldn't even think of. And now they can see it. But then also give them a greater appreciation for the the things that they have, um, you know, within their 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 general vicinity. Now, um, and and to me, that's a perfect segue to uh, to the mentoring that you're doing. You know, so you have a program. I'm going to let you tell the world what the program is, and you have a push behind it, and it's driven by your passion for. Um, you know, uh, mentorship. So tell the world about the program and what it's all about. Okay. You talk about in demand, right? Yeah. Okay. All right. So, um, I am in demand. Um, so as you know, um, when it comes to black men in education, uh, as educators, you know, um, black men are, are like 2% of the population, you know, yeah. of course, you know, uh, representation matters. And we know that when black kids, especially uh, black young men, when they have, um, you know, a teacher that, that looks like them, um, uh, culturally uh, represents them, um, they tend to do better in school, whether it's um, combat and absenteeism, where they, they, are, they are in school more, uh, they yeah. tend to, to feel... Um, more appreciated in school. Uh, they tend to finish school, uh, uh, graduate uh, more so when they have um, black or uh, black teachers that represent them culturally as well. So um, it's been a passion of mine to help to raise those numbers of black men involved in education. So the way that it started, man, I was, uh, I was actually doing a presentation uh, for a conference um, and the title of the presentation was Engaging Black Men Across School and Community, right? 
And so I've had some success at the schools I've been a part of to um, to get black men to be involved at the school. And, um, you know, just presented about it. And there was a young lady in the audience, you know, after we got done, she was like, you know, that man, this is great. sounds good. But where are these men? Right. This, this, is her, this was her uh, question, point blank. Yeah. And, you know, I was like, wow. You know, I couldn't give her a, a satisfactory answer. And so I was yeah. like, you know what? I never want to be in that position again. So in demand started off as a, it's really like a data, a database, man, where, um, where um, men who are interested in being mentors, volunteers, or educators, you know, within the city of Detroit, they can let it be known. They can sign up, you know, take a quick survey. You know, we definitely bet them, but this database would be utilized where, so next time somebody say, hey, we need black men to do what, where they at, you know, we got a database of men that, that can be shared. Like here, here are men who are ready and willing to be volunteers, to be mentors, or who are interested in being educators, or who are already educators and looking to come to Detroit to, to work, you know. And so that's how it started, you know. And of course, um, you know, anytime you're, you're doing a call to action, you got to get the call out there. And so, you know, which may be another podcast, you know, I got a background in hip hop. There's a lot of there's a lot of educators that uh, that either have a background in hip hop uh, or used to be artists themselves. You know, I think about like some of the well, more well-known um, artists, like I think is a guy named um, D, is it D Smoke. Um, he's out of L.A., but um, he, he won some competition, but he just came up with an album. I think he's down with Kendrick and them. He did the. Um, he walked in with, uh, he did the ring song, entrance song for, um, what's his name? Uh, Deontay Wilder when he fought Tyson Fury, whatever. But and he's an educator. You know what I'm saying? He's, I think he's a Spanish teacher out in LA. Um, you know. I didn't know that. I, I knew, I know about uh, D Smoke, but I didn't know he was an educator. Yeah. So yeah. Yep. There's, um, yeah, it was called Rhythm and Flow. Yeah, that was he won the Rhythm and Flow on Netflix, and so you can see him. Yeah. Um, uh, there's a dude, another dude out of Cali. Um, uh, I forget his name right now, but he's an educator. Um, you know, some of the ones that we knew, like um, uh, it's, it's slipping me now, man. But some of the guys who, uh, like, all right, for Jizza from um, <laughs> from uh, Wu Tang, right? He he's in, he's involved in education. I think he. Does some STEM um, classes and things like that at the college level. Okay. Um, you know, there was a guy, A.D. Carson. Uh, I forget. I think he's out of, I want to say Alabama, but he did his dissertation. You know, his dissertation was a hip hop album. You know, he made a he made an album for his dissertation, and you know, he became wow. a doctor because of it. You know, and um, so, but there there's so 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 many cross sections between hip hop and education, and so. Yeah. Growing up in the 90s myself, you know, uh, I was definitely thoroughly involved in the hip-hop scene in Detroit. One of the big things was the cypher, right? And so a cypher was yeah. simply, you know, for the people who watch and who don't know, was simply where you had people who were talented in, in rapping or uh, dancing, whatever. They would, you know, you would get in a circle, sometimes a full circle or a semi-circle, and they would display, you know, they would rap, 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 you know. Uh, but I, I used to like to go to the hip-hop shop on Seven Mile. Uh, San Andrews Hall, you, you had these open mics uh, where, where Cypher would end up happening. And so the, one of the good things about the Cypher is, is that, excuse me, you would have people involved displaying talent, but they would call out people in the audience as well. You know what I'm saying? They call you out and you got you to step up, right? 
yeah. uh, show and prove, right? And so yeah. uh, what we decided to do to take it back to that essence of the cipher, uh, a lot of the, uh, some of the um, educators I knew who were able to rap, we just put that message in a, in a hip hop song, you know what I'm saying? And so uh, our first song was um, In Demand. It was, that was yeah. called, we put that, that call out um, to um, black men saying like, hey, you know, black men are involved in education. We need more, we need you. And uh, we, we put it out there, you know, put a little blurb at the end saying, this is how you can sign up. And unbeknownst to us at the time, man, it, it, it was popular. You know, people have shared it. People were um, inspired, man. You know, and I think that's the that's the thing. Like, you know, when we talk about exposure, to be able to first of all to see. I mean, in the video itself, we did it like a cipher, a BET cipher. So we black and white. We had as many black male educators that I could get inside of one room. You know, what I'm saying it was just a, a, a tremendous show of power. And I think that when people saw it, it was like, "Yo, I want to be down," you know. And so, um, and a lot of the messages I got from that was like that, yo, we want to be down, how can we be down, you know? And so, um, you know, that, so that was just one way to, to kind of put the message out there. And, but also just, you know, we did a, a, a we do a lot of other things. Uh, COVID kind of had things stand still for a minute, but I mean, we were doing the college, I mean, not the college tours, the high school tours where we kind of really brought this message to young, young men, because one of the things that I always felt was interesting is that as a black man, I was surrounded by educators my whole life being in school, but you never are really asked like, hey, you ever thought about me? It wasn't until I was a freshman in, in college where somebody asked me, you ever thought about being a teacher? You know, never heard it growing up, never crossed my mind, <laughs> but you know, so really putting that, putting that message out to young black men while they still in high school, like, yo, education is a way you know, as we see right now, people are, um, they got this spirit that they want to protest, they, they um, you know, they, they want to change things. They listen, one of the biggest ways that you can be a revolutionary is to be in the lives of young people. One way you can do that is being an educator. And the reason I say it's one way is because I already know, you know, everybody's not going to want to be a teacher, you know, but every Black man can be involved. That's why uh, in demand, the tagline is uh, teach, mentor, volunteer. If you want to be a teacher, we got ways to connect you where you can, you know, be become an educator. If you want to be a mentor, we got you covered on that. You want to be a volunteer, we got you covered. But the thing is that if you a black man, you can do something, you know, yeah. whether it's again mentoring, volunteering, or teaching. And so volunteer doesn't necessarily mean like, you know, it can be that, yo, lockers need to be painted. We <laughs> we need some volunteers, you know what I'm saying? Uh, or, you know, mentors are, mentors are a little more intimate, you know, where you have, you know, one-on-one or a group, in a group setting, but, you know, there's a huge call for black men to be mentors, um, in the city as well. Um, but, you know, I firmly believe that, you know, you know, I, I was a, um, I'm a, I'm a school counselor now. It's my second year as a school counselor. I spent 15 years as a history teacher. And one of the things that I, you know, I've learned from history is that, you know, there are certain cultures where, you know, at given times in civilization where um, where um, men were expected to serve a certain amount of time in the military. That was just your due diligence as a man in that community that you had to serve in the military. So I believe that that's, that's the same thing with us. Like our due diligence as men in this community is that we have to serve our young people in some aspect or fashion, form or fashion. 
And, you know, that's like our rights of passage. You can't say that you fully embraced your manhood if you're not serving uh, the next generation, you know? And so I believe that, um, you know, um, and demand can hopefully, hopefully help men, first of all, know that there is a need, that you are needed as a black man. And secondly, yeah. this is how we can connect you to, uh, to those opportunities to serve. And so that's just the essence of, you know, what in demand is. And so, uh, yeah. yeah, that's what it is, man. Yeah. It's such a, it's such a powerful, uh, movement. Uh, and I want to go beyond movement. Um, I like when LeBron said the black lives matter is not a movement. It's a lifestyle. That is, you know, and it, it was, it was simple, but it was so crystal clear to me. Like, yeah, we always talk about movements, but really, mm-hmm. you know, black lives mattering should not be a movement. It should be the way people, people think, you know, the yeah. way people exist, you know? And so when we think about the mentoring and the in demand, it's, a, it's gotta be a lifestyle, right? Mm-hmm. It has to become a lifestyle for our community. Like you said, a rites of passage into manhood and uh, your program, like you said, outlines, how to become an educator, how to become a mentor, how to become a volunteer. So you kind of thought about in a well-rounded way of how to get black men involved. So the question, I got a couple of questions, but the question I want to ask you is uh, to this point, how would, how would you say how successful it's been? Um, Like let's do a scale of one to 10. If 10 was the ultimate success, uh, what number would you place on it? And then explain why you gave gave me that number. Oh uh, man, I would say that I would give us. Uh, I mean, I think there's different categories that we can do it in, but I would say overall, I would say um, we're probably at a five. And the reason why I would say it's a five, Scott, I think that um, we had to switch up speeds with uh, once the pandemic hit. You know, we had to figure out uh, other ways to kind of um, do things. You know. Uh, but one of the things that we did learn during the pandemic is that, you know, yo, we're still needed. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Like, there's still things for us to do. But um, uh, the, re- the reason I'll say it's a five is because uh, personally, I don't want to feel like that we 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 made a um, successful showing because I think once you start uh, delving in, oh, we were successful that you kind of, you know, it's kind of pull back a little bit and like, yeah. LeBron said it's a lifestyle. It's like so lifestyle doesn't stop until you die. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Yeah. And so uh, and so I think that um you know that's the thing with us. Like I look at in demand as being a lifestyle, um, that call to action is, is is being a lifestyle for men to get out and mentor and things like that. So in that being with that being said, I mean we were able to um to get nearly two hundred men to uh to sign up, man. You know, yeah. and from those 200 men, we'd be able to find places, placements where they can be volunteers, um, mentors. And we were able to, you know, put, put educators, uh, those who were interested in education and those who were already educators who was looking to come to Detroit. So we were able to cover all those bases, man. you know, yeah. um, you know, as we get further into, um, you know, analyzing and, um, you know, how successful as you know as as we handed these men off and the information to these different um organizations and groups that need black men you know once we get into that phase where we are examining and analyzing the impact you know we have we'll be able to say okay 
This is yeah. what the overall impact was. But for the initial um, goal, you know, we had been able to, to really, um, you know, get um, black men involved. You know, that's the first thing. Second thing is, is that getting that message out, man, continuously beating that message where it's like, hey, you know, and I think that's that's one of the big things is that, like I said, like I didn't know that education was even a possibility for me until I became a freshman in college, you know. So really putting that message out like black men, you are needed, you know, uh, yeah. I, I don't think we hear that enough. You know what I'm saying? We hear other things, black men, you are being um <laughs> ostracized, you're being killed in the streets, black man. You know, we hear all those messages, but we never hear black man, yeah. you are needed and you can be a tremendous change in the lives of young people. You know what I'm saying? We don't we don't hear that message enough. So uh, I'm th thoroughly committed to uh putting that message out um uh, um uh, as much as I can, how I can. Uh me and the team of you know in demand, you know, God has really blessed us with opportunities that you know we weren't even looking for. And, um, you know, definitely, you know, continuously put that message out of black men being needed. So uh, I'll give our, I'll give us a halfway point, like as far as success, because, you know, I definitely don't want to stop doing the work and um, I definitely want to stop doing the work. And, you know, I don't want to feel like, you know, it's time to stop and pat ourselves on the back. <laughs> I want to definitely yeah. continue that work. Yeah. So I think it's a great work. Um, I, I wonder if I, because. One of the things I know, I'm an educator as well. Um, people that's been following the podcast know that. And one of the things that I notice is, uh, you know, up front, I see the lack of males in the, in the field, mm -hmm. you know, uh, and in, in my building in particular, I'm the only black male teacher, right. you know. So how can uh, a school that's maybe looking for a black male um, reach you all and and tap into that database, be it uh, for a teacher or for, you know, other roles, mentors yeah. and volunteers. Oh, yeah. So, um, you know, you go to, you can uh, go to the website, imindemand.com. I mean, there's a tab there where you can contact us. Um, uh, the email is info at imindemand.com. And, you know, I get messages all the time with like, hey, do you, do you have, uh, is there anybody in the in-demand network that, you know, whatever, and they put whatever they need. And, you know, I'm very, uh, I, I'll send a database to whoever needs it, you know. And, uh, okay. Yeah. So uh, usually I send a database to organizations. But if there's a particular ask, you know, just with the, uh, I'll send the ask to the network of men and the men that respond, you know, themselves. But, you know, the fact that we do have a network that are willing and able to kind of fulfill those uh, different needs. So. Yeah. yeah. So I'm excited, man. This is this is one of the reasons why we created this podcast is to to make those connections. Um, you're doing excellent work uh, for the black community. The black community is needed. Um, this is an opportunity for people that need black males in their building to reach out to this young man, Quan Nellums, through his I am in demand uh, uh, organization. So um, I'm hoping we are we're able to connect those two groups um in a greater way yeah. um so i got uh one major question and then i'm going to ask you to give us your social media and all that okay. uh one more time but um if you if you could you have one wish to to make i am demand i am in demand more than what it is now what would that wish be 
you know, so it, mm. this is your platform. <laughs> you need, um, what is it that you need to take it to the next level? Oh man, uh, what do I need to take it to the next level? Um, so as you know, like, you know, like how, how teachers do, man, we, this is something that I'm doing along with actually teaching and doing other things as well. So I'm multitasking this thing out. So, um, yeah, so, um, this is, this is just one thing that I'm, you know, that I'm involved in out of many. So, um, I would say just, just, uh, to have more people who can kind of, you know, work this thing, man, you know, uh, I, I never meant for it. And I do have a, a, a great network of people, you know what I'm saying? But, you know, just, you know, if anybody got expertise in this type of thing, you know, uh, like I say, I'm just, we just winging it, but, <laughs> you know, but, but we do yeah. have a focus, you know, so, uh, but yeah, but definitely to have uh, people who are uh, good at marketing, uh, uh, putting messages out, to, especially through social media, you know. Uh, only reason yeah. I opened up my social media backup because I was off of it was to kind of promote things like this. And so, um, yes. yeah, so, you know, people who are who can do that type of thing, you know. Um, but yeah, just more uh, talented people to be involved at a leadership level within any yeah. man. Yeah. So you need, you need a call out for people to volunteer or come in and work for <laughs> yeah. the I am. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> in indeed. indeed. Organization. Indeed. Yeah. We always finish the podcast out with uh, this question Have you ever been on a magazine cover? I've been on a magazine cover. Um, uh, magazine cover? No, I don't think I have, man. Okay. Well, you are on the magazine cover of the Dripping in Black uh, magazine, and you, you're looking at it right now. Okay. All right. right. Okay. So we will get that that cover to you. All right. Uh, we do that for each and every one of our guests. So. Okay. All so right. That's well, thank uh, you. A parting gift for you. I appreciate that. Yep. So one last thing: give out your uh, social media information one more time for All the, right. Um, for the world. Yeah, uh, you can, uh, uh, personally, my, uh, Quan Ellums, uh, at Quan Ellums, uh, Twitter, Instagram, Facebook, um, In Demand 313, um, Facebook, uh, Instagram, Twitter as well. Follow us, we follow back. Okay. All right. Again, I'd like to thank you for coming on, Quan Ellums, and uh, we look forward to seeing how things work out in the future, maybe having you back on. All right, brother. Thank you. All right. Peace. Peace. Tinker is the easiest way to create a podcast. Not only is it free, It has all the tools one needs to record and edit podcasts right from your phone or computer. Additionally, Anchor distributes your podcast to all major platforms such as Apple Podcasts, Spotify, and many others. Anchor is an amazing one-stop shop for podcasting. Download your Anchor app or go to anchor.fm to get started.
our thanks again to Quan Ellum's uh, great conversation um, on some very important topics, uh, the importance of black males getting involved in education. Um, it's uh, close to my heart, as I spoke about in the podcast, a uh, major issue with just 2% of teachers being black males and um, that role needs to be filled um, but we have reached the point in the podcast where we go to the last drip. The last drip is the last opportunity to squeeze in black excellence into that episode. And so thinking about Quan's uh, quest got me to do a little research. And uh, I was researching around the concept of mentorship and things of that nature. And I landed on something I found very interesting. Some of you may have heard of this before, but it was news to me, so I thought it worth thought it worth sharing on my podcast. So uh, there's something by the name of Camp Atwater. And so I started reading about it and I was like, wow. Uh, so this camp is founded in 1921. Uh, it was located in North Brookfield, Massachusetts, founded by the late uh, Reverend Dr. William N. DeBerry. Uh, and he created this camp. Uh, during a time where you had segregation in the South, you had uh, blacks migrating to the North, and wherever we went, especially our youth, we couldn't escape the time in which you had either covert or overt racism being faced by youth at a very young age where they probably shouldn't have been dealing with that, and then the racial segregation that existed in this country. And so uh, William uh, DeBerry was motivated to create a, a safe place for uh, the African-American youth. And so he came up with this concept of Camp Atwater. And um, with a lot of help, a lot of donations, he was able to make that dream come to fruition. Um, so the name gets changed to uh, Atwater. It's named uh, in honor of a Dr. David Fisher Atwater, whose daughter donated like 25 grand in 1926 to help develop the camp. Uh, now it's one of the oldest camps of its kind in this country uh, and it's been serving African-American youth for over 98 years. Uh, it has a waterfront property that includes 75 acres of land, 40 buildings, um, and it also has a three-acre island. Um, it's currently now owned by the Urban League of Springfield, but it can house like um, up to 160 campers at any given time, house, feed, and service them um, at, at the same time. Uh, campers come, and staff come from all around the United States and some even come from overseas. Uh, at the camp, they engage in things like history, African culture, African American culture, arts, craft, fishery, fishing, I'm sorry, archery, and, and many, many, many more activities, um, you know. And so as we talked about in the episode, just that exposure for the African-American youth to things that are that are out there uh, goes a long way in shaping the development of our youth. So think about Quan's story and how, you know, his experience uh, getting outside of his own surroundings in Detroit and getting to see things all across the world shaped him into being the person that he is. Uh, well, Camp Atwater is doing that for lots and lots of African-American youth and has been doing it for 98 years. So shout out to uh, Camp Atwater and we'll have to leave it there. I'm going to give thanks to uh, Face2FaceAfrica.com. That's the number two, Face2FaceAfrica. 
Africa.com. Um, also, campatwater.org and ulspringfield.org for the knowledge. All right. So until next time, be good, be good, be good. It is a choice.